Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. It's summertime and we are heading to California to chat with Keith Satayans. Keith is a writer, award-renowned comedian, and an avid iced tea drinker. He holds the Guinness World Record for the longest improv show, an incredible feat lasting 150 hours. Keith's last book, The Improv Mindset, is available now. So my dear Keith, welcome to the RV. Welcome. I've been drinking a lot of iced tea. Can we pull over so I can use the restroom? Is there one coming up or did we did we miss it? Do I have to hold it longer? No, that's okay. We can have a short stop. Okay, okay just short stop. I've dr- I had a gallon already. I know I did. I drank a gallon since we stopped last. I just I can't stop drinking this iced tea. Thank you so much for pulling over. Also, thank you for having me in the RV. This is of a great trip. Course, of course. All right. Spill the tea on your 150 hours nonstop improv marathon, please. Okay. I mean, I, I usually am going to drink the tea, so I don't want to spill it, but I will give information about that. Uh, so that show, the original uh, Guinness record was 70 hours. And uh, my friend and I, Rob O'Connor, we, we wanted to do a longer show just so we can get to perform longer. And we decided to do this show during the week of the Los Angeles Improv Festival, which was a week-long festival that usually started around 6 p.m. and ended around 10 p.m. But we just had a theater where we, 24 hours a day for seven days, continually had a show going without any stopping whatsoever. The longest show, improv show ever, nonstop, for seven days straight. Oh, my God. And... We've got to know, did you ever create a character so outrageously funny that you couldn't keep a straight face and had to call for an emergency comedy break? <laughs> I That's happened many times in scenes where I'm usually laughing or just just connecting with the person you're sitting next to and, you, and just how ridiculous it is that you might start laughing and sometimes I try to hide it with a <clears throat> do one of those coughing or pretend I'm crying or look away. But sometimes you just blurt out laughing because it's too much fun because mm-hmm. you're you're getting to play as adults. It's playtime, yeah. but as adults, it's so fun. Performing improv around the world sounds just incredible, Keith. Have you ever encountered a language barrier during a show? Is there something like how is, is that a? Is that a 
Is that a moose outside? Is that a moose? I think we just passed a moose. We're not in the, the climate for moose. That's weird. Uh, sorry, your question. I just thought I saw a moose on the road trip. Um, so I was the first teacher to teach improv in China. I went to Beijing uh, years ago. And the goal was that they would learn improv in Chinese. There was already in Shanghai, there was a group doing it in English for expats. But the goal of this was to, to have improv in Mandarin. I don't speak Mandarin at all. So it was very interesting to to teach that with a translator who did also didn't really know English very well. So it was just sort of watching the scenes as they were happening and sort of understanding what was going on, even though I could not understand a word. And the actors who who were learning this were fantastic. They were great. But I did not understand anything that was being said. Um but it allowed me to have my my new favorite joke whenever I, I perform internationally in international shows where I don't know the language. At the end of the show, I walk to the front of the stage and I go, I have no idea what anyone's saying. And because the audience does know English and they look, they see that I'm excited, they just cheer, assuming I must have said, this was fun. But instead I go, I don't know what anyone's saying. And it's always funny to me. Yeah. I can imagine giving improv in China. You, I think you have you have so many good stories to tell. Maybe you can write even a book about it. That could be. It could be a whole book. I wish I filmed it because it would have been a great documentary. Uh, it would have been a very good documentary because the the very first day there, uh, it was revealed to me that the program was set up to fail. That they they knew it wouldn't work. They said, there's no way these actors would be able to learn improv. And I took that as a challenge to make it work. And within two days later, they're already doing a long improvised show. And they're still performing and doing improv to this day. And that was four years ago I was there, five years ago. And they're still doing it. So okay. it was totally successful. And that's super exciting. I love a little challenge like that. Mm -hmm. We are talking about improv. And I used to watch that show, Whose Line? Mm -hmm. Is it anyway? And I found it incredibly witty and funny. In fact, it inspired me to start performing improv with my friends at home. That's great. And is there a particular performer or show that greatly influenced or, let's say, inspired you in your own improv journey? Definitely for... I just saw a moose. There was just another moose. There was a, I wonder if it's the family of, a, this is weird. This is a warm climate that we're driving through. It doesn't seem like there'd be moose here. Maybe it was just a statue. It could have been a cow. Might've been, a, it was a cow. I know you're looking at the road, so you, you didn't see that, but it might've been a cow. Um, Sorry. So, I mean, whose line is it anyway? Definitely open the door to probably most improv people who don't live in Chicago because uh, it gave us an example. And I would watch that in high school and I'd repeat the things I would hear on the show from the night before watching the reruns. And that show really inspired me for for improv sake. And then that gave me a deep dive looking at people from Saturday Night Live, like Chris yeah. Farley and Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi and Gilda Radner and all those people and seeing that they all had their start in improv, which was really inspiring to see these people who I would watch in movies and TV shows that would make me laugh going, oh, they started an improv too. That's so exciting, leading to even more modern things like Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, who are some of my favorite, Stephen Colbert, just so many comedians got their start in improv and it's inspiring to see that. 
Yeah, actually, I have a deep admiration for Trevor Noah and also Stephen Colbert. They're very smart. Both of them are so smart and so funny and so yeah. sharp. By the way, let's see. The art of, uh, no, sorry. Is the art of improv, in your opinion, reserved for the chosen view with comedic superpowers? Or, in your opinion, can anyone learn to navigate the, the waters of improvisation? Well, I think we already do. Because every single day we're improvising. Nobody knows what they're going to say. Even just now your question, you switched it because you didn't have a script. So we're improvising every day. We're using the exact same skills of listening, of working off of each other, collaboration, building off of what we heard, remembering our own ideas, building off of that, saying new things every day. So we're already doing it. So learning how to do it, because nobody knows, we learn how to talk, but we don't know how to improvise. So learning those techniques that actors and writers use for writing and performing are super handy from every day to just listening and collaboration and building off of each other. All of those same skills apply since every day we're improvising. So this long answer as a shorter shortened summary is everybody does improv and everybody can learn improv. I've taught so many people and everybody can improve from it. Mm, I agree with you. Actually, I just saw a deer. Did you see? You saw a deer? Yeah. You saw a deer. You got to keep your eyes on the road, though. You like, like, I, if you want, I'll drive. I can take over and drive. I've never driven stick shift, but I can figure it out. If you want to look out the window, there's deer, but it's weird that there's moose. That I, I could have sworn I saw a moose. I did. Oh, look at this billboard: moose statue factory, 100 okay. kilometers up. That's why. That's why. It's also weird they say kilometers because we're in the U.S., but mm, that's why there's a, there's a factor that makes moose statues. Okay, I mean that's why that's why that we saw those moose. Now we mm -hmm. know. Now we know. Exactly. And when you were telling us about anyone can can do improv, I think kids and teenagers are naturally gifted with the art of improvisation. For example, my sister in particular had a talent for coming up with incredible creative excuses for missing school. And they, they were so unbelievable that they even made my mom laugh and, and excuse her or, you know, forgive her. But I think kids, they are the best. What was the most ridiculous reason that you remember? She was, she started telling my mom almost every month that her teacher was going to get married. She said, no, today we don't have classes because Mrs. Blah, blah, blah is getting married. So after like, say two months, I think she forgot she had told it. I don't know why, but she told again and my mom would say, but is she getting married and divorcing? And, and then my mom went to the school and realized that the teacher was single. She didn't even have a boyfriend. Sounds like your sister was just trying to be a matchmaker to help your teacher find the perfect person that, that they can marry. That's what mm -hmm. it sounded like. Sounds like they're just trying to trying to hook your teacher up with maybe with the janitor, maybe the principal, maybe with the mailman. That's what it sounded. <laughs> that's what it sounded like. That's a good improv. Whoa, that is a crazy bug that just hit the windshield. Look at that thing. Oh it has yes. like 12 legs. Oh my gosh. What is this? Is an is a spider? 
wait, I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up on my phone. What kind of bug that is? Oh, it's a moose fly. Wow. What? Well, there's so much moose stuff around here. This is so weird. Wow. Yes. So let's close the windows. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. On the roll. You got the, the roll-up window. This is an old van. I like it. And Keith, how to do a transition from being an introverted individual to someone who is so comfortable performing on stage and teaching improv? How did it happen? That's the trick. I'm still an introvert. Still an introvert. But being on stage and teaching is so fun. And it's fun to see people like in in performing. It's fun because I get to play in any world I want and I get to be anyone I want. And then in teaching, it's fun to see people and students do that same thing, to see them nervous and open up and see those moments where they're like, oh, I get to create. But I'm still an introvert, which is why I love writing, because I just get to go and go in my own world and write. But usually anytime before I teach or before I get on stage, I have a thought that's like, what am I doing? I'm about to be in front of people. Don't do it. And then when I'm there, like, oh, this is so fun. And then I never want to leave. So it's fighting that, which I think we all have. We all have something that's like, oh, I, I, I can't do this or I'm not good enough to do this or I'm too shy or something that holds us back. But if you feel that other feeling, we're like, I kind of want to do this just to try it anyways, even if every voice in your head yeah. says, no, I'm scared just to do it because um, I'm still still doing it. Even though I go, no, it's scary because no one knows what's going to happen, too. Yeah, nobody knows what's going on because the public, sometimes they ask you to do things or I don't know if you had this situation where people suggested you to to mimic something can you tell us a little bit about oh there was there was one that was funny to me i was doing a show where we asked for a suggestion the suggestion is something the audience gives for two reasons one it proves that everything is made up because you gave us a suggestion and uh the second one is that it gives you a jumping off point so you're not just creating out of nothing and we asked where is a location where you might find a lot of people a very busy location with lots of people and somebody said a cranberry bog, which is not <laughs> a very busy <laughs> area. So that's what they said. So we're like, okay. So we had to work that in, which was, I just remember, was like, that's the opposite where you'd find a lot of people. But probably from their mind, they probably visited a cranberry bog as a field trip or something where there was a tons of kids. So they just go, it's busy. But I imagine usually there's just some, a few workers or some machines and probably not a lot of people working in a cranberry bog. So that one I remember to this day was like, oh, all right, cranberry bog. Thank you so much. We'll run with that. I would say a soccer stadium. Right. That's a lot of people. That's that's definitely a lot of people. A cranberry bog at most, what, 10 people? That's not a lot of people. <laughs> no. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And Keith, I am 
curious, very curious to know about your new book, new and first book, The Improv Mindset. First, I want to know why or what inspired you to write this book? Yeah, so uh, just from performing and teaching improv for so long, I was trying to put it in a a book where more people can read it. Because as we were talking about before the interview, if you don't live in Los Angeles and can't do these classes, then you won't be able to get access to the information. So I thought it'd be good if there could be a resource for people to have to be able to learn all these skills. Because again, it can be used by everybody. And as I worked on this book for the last 10 years, it transitioned into a book that is not specifically for performers or writers, but for everyday people. Because again, we're using improv every day. So how can you learn these skills of improv and how can you practice them, which is a huge thing? Because usually anyone who's done improv can probably tell you, you have to have a class or a group or an improv club. You have to have some group of people to do it in a cranberry bog with a group of people, of course. And if you don't have that, how do you practice improv? So the book has tons of exercises that you can practice one at, at by yourself at home all by yourself, practice these skills, practice them with different exercises, and then you can apply them to scenarios in life. Uh, there's a whole chapter about like, here's what you do when you're at a job interview. Here's what you do for a date. You can tell your sister, this would be good to tell her teacher. Um, good for dating, good for a job interview, good for just networking, talking to people at a party, just getting a coffee from a place. All these places where you can put these skills to use and how to practice them and what skills to use in these scenarios. So you don't need an improv group to learn these skills. Because again, we improvise every day, so you should be able to practice it every day, whether you have an improv group or not. So that's really the focus of the book. And already it's it's been out and it's, it's become a number one bestseller, which is exciting and very grateful for that. And it seems to be helping people, which is great because you don't need, you can be literally in the middle of nowhere, like where we are right now. Anyone who lives out here, you're far away from anything. Maybe you don't even have internet, but you have this book and you can start learning these skills. Sounds wonderful because this is for real life. It can help in many areas of your life for work, for breaking the eyes, uh, starting a conversation. Exactly. Do you, oh, do you see that sign? It says now leaving Moose County USA. That explains it. We are in Moose County. Wow. Now we're ent entering Deer County. All right. Well, we know what to expect now. Lots of deer. That other one must have got loose and went into the other county. I want to see dogs, dogs county because I'm. Oh, dogs county. That'd yeah. be great. Yeah. There should be a whole state that's called dog state. And there's a dog mayor and there's a dog governor. And every every city has different types of dogs. That'd be that'd be a fun state to go to. We could maybe take a go veer off a little bit from this trip and see if we can find that state. Let's go. I do still have to go to the bathroom though because I'm drinking so much Again. iced tea. <laughs> I know, so much iced tea. I had a, a gallon of green tea and I just had a gallon of yerba mate. Oh, it's going it's going through me. So much iced tea, I can't stop. Have you tried the chai chai tea? Chai tea, love chai tea. What's funny about chai tea is chai means tea. <laughs> so when we say chai tea, we're saying tea tea. Tea tea. <laughs> tea tea. I love tea tea. A tea tea latte. So good. Oh, oh I'm going to drink that one next and we're going to have to stop again. Can't stop, though. 
Yeah, but we have time, no problem. I'm okay, happy great. to stop anytime you want. And back to your book. Oh, yeah. After publishing 350 episodes, I consider myself quite the icebreaker expert. You're when very it, good at it. Yeah, when it comes to my guess is what I mean. However, in the beginning, I must admit it was a bit challenging. I remember being concerned about my guests' reactions. So, Keith, what advice do you have for someone who wants to break the ice and start a conversation with a stranger? Well, you said a great answer already. Is at first you were nervous, you you thought of all the things that could go wrong, but then you started to do it. And now at 350, which is amazing. That's so many. That's great. You you kept this going. It's fantastic. Uh, this car has a lot of mileage on, on it. Um, but this the more you do anything, the better you will be at it, as long as you don't give up. So you just you start it and and realize it might not go well in the beginning. And that's okay, because you'll learn from it and then you'll go back and do it better and you'll learn from that mistake and get better and better and better. The people who are good at starting conversations probably learned as at, at a young age how to do that. So that's why they're good at it now. But just to not give up and, and if you are bad at it, it doesn't mean you'll be bad forever. But some more specific advice, cause you're like, all right, that's great. But how do I start a conversation with a stranger is an easy way is make eye contact because you connect with them right away. And mention something maybe that they like, maybe something like their shoes, talk about their shoes or something in the room. What's something you have in common? You're both in this room. If it's an event, talk about the event, really anything. But the trick is most people want to be listened to. So if you say something that allows them to open up and speak, they're going to talk because especially now people have less attention spans and people don't listen to people. But if you talk about something they're interested in, and I think it's more about something they chose. Because if you say, oh, I like the color of your eyes. They didn't choose that. They'll go, oh, thanks. That's not me. But if you're like, oh, I like your glasses or I like those shoes or like cool watch. That's something that they at home were like, I'm going to wear this today. And they put it on and they made that choice. So that could be a good conversation starter. Just something, yeah, something you have in common, something that is present in that moment. That's the best way. But if you talk about yourself, no one's going to listen because they don't know who you are. But people want to talk about themselves. Gotcha. Actually, you used this technique with me today. You told I, I me know. about I my even glasses. Mean to. Didn't even mean to. It was an accident. I really do like those glasses because I have the same. <laughs> but then I was like, I guess I did it. Aha, uh -huh, I did it. I was like, look at the glasses. Because again, something we have in common. Yeah, it wasn't even, I wasn't thinking of doing that, but it happened subconsciously. So there you go. Uh-huh. Actually, you're doing just amazing. You are writing books, breaking records. And now I see that you have your own improv training center, Improv LA. What are the benefits of learning improv? I know you told us already that it's good for life. You can be more assertive with people, but are there more benefits? And also, can you tell us a little bit about your center? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for that compliment. That means a lot. Thank you. And, and secondly, yeah, improv outside of those skills, I think, at least for me, when everyone was a kid, we used to play 
We used to have fun. We weren't stressed out all the time. We weren't worried all the time. We look forward to things that were fun. And I think, because this again relates to me as an adult, those parts go away. Things get serious. You have to do this. You have to be worried about this. You have to take care of this. And we lose that sense of fun. We lose that sense of play, which we all want to do. And improv gives everybody a chance, improv classes specifically, to be anyone who they want to be. And one of the rules of improv is agreement. So if you start an improv scene and you say, I am the queen of Spain, everyone has to agree with you. And the next five minutes, you get to be the queen. So you get to be whoever you want to be and play and create these worlds without any baggage of, I'm nervous about work or my relationship isn't going well or whatever it is, you get to be anyone you want and you get to have that freedom, which I have not found really anywhere else in the world where you say something everybody has to agree. That you can say whoever you are, you can say, I'm the best musician in the world and everybody has to agree. But in improv, you have to, to make the scene move forward. So that that is the beauty and joy of it. It's different from any other art form, specifically like in stand-up, if you tell a joke and it's bad, people just don't laugh or they boo you. But in improv, it's all about support and agreement. Um, And I started the school, 2010 officially is when it started. And it just sort of has grown from there, from, from teaching some friends and then them inviting their friends to it and just everyone sort of getting skills from it. It started for a school for just actors, but now it really attracts people who just want to learn improv skills for work or for social life. Some people come in and they go, I never want to act ever. And then they get bit by the improv bug and they're like, let's do all of the classes. I want to do more improv now. I want to do improv shows now because they see the freedom that it's not acting, which is like, you have to look a certain way. You have to memorize scripts, which is its own thing. But you, you can be whoever you want and whatever you bring into the table is enough because it's your own experiences, which no one else has. And you get to bring that and you're a piece of the puzzle and it all works together. And when that happens, it's beautiful. And again, nowhere else I've seen where <laughs> you can do that in the world. Usually there's a hierarchy. Well, I'm better than you and you can't say this. So like here, everyone's working together to create the best improv scene possible. Exactly. Actually, on social media, I can see that it's increasing the number of people doing improv. Do you offer online classes as well? So there are, yeah. During during the pandemic, uh, we started an on-demand streaming class, which is really exciting. There's also some Zoom classes going on that happen live, but the on-demand one is exciting because it's about 80 videos of classes and training and, and everything you would get from an in-person class. And you get to watch it at any time you want. And it has a workbook and you could just watch through the videos and rewatch the videos and learn lessons again and again, have those skills to practice in your own time and practice along with the instructing on the video. And that is really fun. It's fun to see like, oh, someone in Egypt is watching it. Someone in Antarctica is watching it. A group of penguins bought it and they're now they're watching it. That's fun. Uh, penguins pay in fish currency, which is exciting. Um, frozen fish, of course, less frozen than it used to be, but it's still frozen. So it's pretty fun to have the on-demand classes. Yeah. Cause you can, you can access again, it's, it's this in the book. So you can access these skills. Um, cause when I started improv, I was in an area where there was not a lot. There was one improv theater. There were like five books available. There was no videos on the internet. Um, 
So it's like, I want improv. How do I get it? And now there's so much information on the internet and so many books, but which one specifically can help you working with improv in everyday life? And that's what a lot of this is about. This The streaming class is like this. The book is like this. And it's just learning the techniques. Like you said, there's a lot of social media uh, now that's a lot of improv and sketch comedy. But with that, we also have sketch comedy, writing classes. There's learning the techniques to do it. Because yeah. improv and acting and any of those, I think any art form, people just go, you just do it. You know how to do it and you just do it. But everybody can learn it if you learn the techniques and the lessons and you practice. Literally anyone can do it and get better at it. Yeah. Actually, I think I saw a penguin. Is that, did you see it? There's a penguin? Yes. I don't know how. Wow. There's a penguin. Man, it's like. I know global warming is changing things, but there's penguins here now. Wow. I think I you, manifested, you manifested the wow. penguin. Oh, there's the sign Penguin Statue Museum coming up. It's not a factory, but Penguin Statue Museum. Okay. So it must have fallen off the truck. And that's that's cool. We should, I bet there's a bathroom there. I bet they also have iced tea. We should stop because maybe there's like penguin iced tea, not flavored, but like penguin branded iced tea. I would try that. Okay, we are almost arriving in a restaurant, so we can just stop and go to the restroom. Perfect. Just one question for you, and I believe this is the most important question. Okay. Are let's you ready? It. Yeah, Wait, let's turn down the music, though. I need to hear this question. All right, now that it's quiet, let's hear the most important question. Where can we find you, your book, your training center, and everything about you? So you can hire a private investigator and they can spy on me and you can get lots of information, but a much easier way than that is you can go to my website, keithsaltianis.com, or even easier than that, the school's website, improv-la.com. And that has information about classes, that has information about the book, the on-demand class. You can also find me through there and all of the other classes we offer. That's probably the easiest way. Um, I'm most active on Instagram at Keith Saltianis because I like pictures and videos and you'll see a lot of those on there, but all the information is on there either as well. So that's probably the easiest way to find me or the private investigator, whatever floats your boat. Our listeners will be able to see your contacts as well on the headlines. Also, I want to invite you to write an article I can feature you in our magazine, The Relatable Voice, so our guests will be able to see all your contacts, your picture, your book cover, and everything else. Sorry, I told you that would be the last question, but I have another one. Okay, what? we just missed the restaurant, though. Okay, that's okay. That's okay. I can hold it for a little bit longer. That's fine. I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to have more tea. It's probably going to make things worse, uh, but here we go. Okay. Stop drinking tea. <laughs> I can't stop drinking it. That was that was a tea tea. That was a chai tea. It's good. Mm. So Keith, what is your superpower? My superpower is probably, I've never thought about it like this, but I'm thinking about now. I think my superpower is seeing everything as an outsider. I've always felt like an outsider ever since I was a kid. And I think it's because of the creative mind that I have. But because of that, I see things differently. Not like 
<laughs> I don't know how to how to make how to make the sound, but I see like I think a lot of people just go along with like the norm of like here's what you're told to do, this is what you're supposed to do, and they're not really being true to themselves or having fun because they're just like this is what I'm supposed to wear, this is what I'm supposed to do. But instead of like what is an alternate, what is a different thing you can do differently than that? Or just noticing, why is everybody dressing like this suddenly? Everyone's dressing a certain way. Why is everyone liking this music suddenly? Do they really like this music? Do they find it interesting? So I think from this outsider perspective, which maybe comes from being introverted um, and creative mind of just looking at things differently, going, things can be however you want them to be. You don't have to just dress a certain way because everyone dresses that way. We dress what is interesting to you be interesting. So maybe the maybe the superpower is curiosity. Maybe that's really what it is. Okay. That I'm curious, why is everyone do a certain thing this way? You why not do them your own way? Maybe both of those are my superpowers. Oh, also I can fly. I can also fly, which is funny that I'm sitting in a van when I could have just flown, but this is more relaxing. Wow, you can fly. So I need to interview you again for you to tell us your secret. Oh, it's really easy. You just close your eyes and imagine that you're flying and then you're flying. That's it. Oh, okay. I thought it was through virtual reality. Oh, that would be fun. That's like virtual flying, yeah. VR fly. Mm -hmm. So Keith, it was such a pleasure to speak with you. I'm always up to go to California to interview you again. You being Orlando that you told me before the interview, you'll yes. be taking part on some shows. Can you tell us a little bit so people can see you maybe? Yeah, I'm excited about this because I'm I'm from Florida and that's where I first learned improv was in was in Orlando. And I'm excited because I got invited to go to the Orlando Comedy Festival the first week of October this year, 2027, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. If you're listening to it more recently, then it's 2023. Uh, so the first week of October this year, 2023, the Orlando Comedy Festival. So I'm going to be there teaching some workshops, doing some shows, uh, which will be fun because it's, again, that's where I first learned improv in that city. So it's fun to... to come back home in a way to do some more improv um but it's exciting yeah as, as you mentioned i i travel a lot teaching i just got back from japan teaching my fourth time so hopefully we'll crop, cross paths somewhere and yeah. we can do some improv and more interviewing in person would be super fun because this this virtual road trip has been fun but maybe there'll be a real road trip in the future I would love. So let me know whenever you're going, traveling, maybe we can be in the same city or maybe not. And I'll make it happen. As long as there's tea, I'll be there. Okay, wonderful. I would love to interview you in person. Thank you. That'd be so fun. So thank you very much again and have a beautiful rest of your day. Thanks for having me. I'm just going to jump out of the car right now. Yes. This was fun. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.
our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.